0: What up, all you beautiful Misfits and Rejects out there. Thank you for joining me for episode 208 of Misfits and Rejects. In today's episode, I spoke with Tiffany Julie from TiffanyJulie.com. And boy, may I say this is an absolutely incredible episode. One that I've listened to multiple times already, and something that has just really inspired me in times in the last few months that I've just kind of been lost, gotten down, not really knowing what to do next within my own online entrepreneurial endeavors, maybe my own personal life. Tiffany Julie is a high-performance coach. She helps ignite people's passions, discover the power within, and unleash their full potential. But what makes this story so incredibly special to me, and I think what will be equally as powerful and incredible to you, is the fact that at 32, Tiffany went blind. She lost her sight completely. Doctors told her she would never, ever, ever see again. She'd live in total blackness the rest of her life. And through the power of visualization, the power of meditation, the power of positive thinking, Tiffany has regained her sight. And hearing her tell her story and the the steps that she's taken to take full responsibility for her life situation and do the most miraculous thing possible, which is more or less willing her sight to come back, just gives me so much hope and so much inspiration and belief in myself that anything is possible. As she says, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And that's what she teaches. That's what she does within her coaching programs. She has great courses online. She does one-on-one coaching and I couldn't be happier just to have her come on, tell her story and give us all that inspiration, positivity and insight into how she did it. And we all have the power within to do extraordinary things. So I have no doubt you're going to love this episode as much as I did. Again, I've listened to it three times. If you're interested in what she does, head over tiffanyjulie.com. You can learn more about her, how to work with her and the different types of opportunities she has for you to change your life. Now, if you're a first-time listener, please pull out that phone and hit subscribe. If you're a return listener, you can do me a huge favor and you can either share this episode with somebody you think might need it, somebody who needs that extra inspiration right now to really motivate them to take that first step into the unknown, and something they want to accomplish but don't really know how. You can also leave a review and leave a comment. Those two things really help people find these types of episodes when they're searching for podcasts like mine. So those three things really help Misfits and Readers get found. Tiffany and I sure would appreciate it if you did one of those three, if not all three. It means the world to me. Just getting this message out there, these powerful stories of people who do extraordinary things around the world, taking full responsibility for their life and making their dreams come true. I sure love it and I hope you do too. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Tiffany Julie from TiffanyJulie.com. Welcome to Misfits and Rejects, a podcast about the lifestyle design of expatriates, travelers, entrepreneurs, and adventurers. I'm your host, Chapin Kruder. Enjoy. I didn't fit in America. With cocaine there's just always too many guns and too many
1: bad attitudes. I quit the limiting stories. Really try to overcome that fear. And right there, for any of your listeners, a lot of what I was to do in the rest of my life was formulated by the fact I just went and did it.
0: Welcome to another episode of Misfits and Rejects. Today I'm joined by Tiffany Julie from TiffanyJulie.com. Tiffany, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: Good. Thank you for joining me today. Where are you located right now?
1: I am actually in Boston. I'm on vacation, just traveling around right now, but I am located in Mexico, Playa de Carmen.
0: Permanent residence in Mexico, or is that just a, a base that you hit like three to six months a year?
1: That is a home base. So we'll get into all the story of how that happened, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, it's a home base that in which I travel from.
0: Why did you choose Playa del Carmen? Just out of curiosity, I mean, Mexico's huge. I know it's a great spot, but I mean, why there?
1: Hey, listen, so it's full circle. Um, when I was a kid, I saw this photo of Playa de Carmen. And I was like, I will go there someday. I will live there someday. Right. And then um, me and my partner, we had been traveling around over in Asia for about four years. And we were like, okay, we just need a new flavor. You know, we've been all over Southeast Asia. And we pulled a map out and closed our eyes. And literally my finger landed on Playa de Carmen. <laughs> we were like, okay, we're gonna go there. And we ended up just going flying in like a week from that from then.
0: That's really cool um you flew straight there from where you were in asia
1: yeah we were in thailand in chiang mai at the time
0: okay and had that been a hub for you for quite some time because i know you are a digital nomad and you do online entrepreneurship so obviously chiang mai is a hub for all of us
1: is that where you've been going for years you know, no, we went we were only there two times. And we loved it fell in love with the community. And everybody there is just such beautiful souls. Um, But that was our second time there. And I can't remember how we ended up getting there. But we were there for like three months. So I guess you could call it somewhat of a hub at that point. Yeah.
0: It is a magical place. For me, I don't know how you felt about it, um, just in the sense of the. there's so much entrepreneurial spirit there. The people you're surrounded by are motivated and hungry and willing to help. And so even though it probably wouldn't be my first choice of a destination when I get to Thailand, um, it's still always so worthwhile to go there for me as I continue to try to build my online enterprises. Do you feel the same?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's like, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it because it's more about community, you know, just the people, the souls you meet and how in your right, like everyone's so willing to help out and have these discussions and, and just everyone supports everyone in such a beautiful way. Um, and, and so I think it's more about community for the location rather than much of anything else really.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, your story, just from what I know a little bit about you is incredible. And I'd like the audience to get a really good big picture of it so if you wouldn't mind maybe just taking us through a little bit of like where you were born how you grew up what life was like for you you know as you as you grew up as a child into you know teens adulthood
1: yeah absolutely wow okay so where do I start um so I was born and raised in Manchester New Hampshire which is just a small town about 45 minutes from Boston. Um, And yeah, my mom was a single mom. She was a hustler. She raised me all by herself, um, entrepreneur herself. She owns um, a house cleaning business and a pet sitting company. And so I really learned learned from her how to be independent and, and how to really create and craft whatever I wanted you know she showed me what was possible um and so you know it was just me and her for for my whole life basically and then I graduated high school and I was like I'm totally out of here um I didn't like the snow and as you as you know Boston and and New Hampshire and Mass is all freezing and just you know wasn't my vibe so I just said peace out I'm out of here I'm gonna go to Florida and I'll figure out my life from here and um I didn't ever want to do like the conventional route of go to school, do the white picket fence thing, have the kids and all that. And so I just kind of started dabbling in whatever I felt called to do. So as you know, my story, um, I went on to be a yacht captain for a while. I also owned, you know, various different companies. I owned a yacht repair company for a while and I was flipping, I was buying and flipping boats, you know, I would buy them broken and then I would fix them up and, um, I would flip them sort of like people do with houses, but I was doing that with boats. And, um, so just various, various businesses that I had built and created, just trying to find my way, you know, trying to find my passion and purpose and what I really wanted to do in life. Um, meanwhile, always carrying around this travel book that I had gotten when I was a kid. And I would just marvel at this book and look at all the destinations in there and just say, Oh, one day, you know, um, when I build a successful business, I'm going to start traveling and I'm going to go to all these places. Um, but finally came to a point in my life where I think we all come to this junction of what do I really want now? You know, I think I was just filling the space, um, trying to figure things out up until then. And Me and my partner, we were like, okay, we're just going to start new. And we, we sold our stuff, our businesses. He also owned a business at the time we went to San Diego, um, We were living in Florida at the time, moved to San Diego, and we were only there for a very short period of time, about a month. And it wasn't any different than being in Florida. It was just a different sort of vibe. It wasn't like anything new. And so one day I turned to him and I I turned to him and I was like, well, Are you really happy? Like, what do we really want? And he was like, No, I'm not really happy. And I was like, Well, if you could do anything in the world you wanted right now, what would you do? And he was like, Well, I've always wanted to camp cross country. And I was like, Okay, done deal. And the next morning, we sold everything after moving there and literally just buying a condo filling the entire thing with all the things. We sold everything. And we camped cross country. And then he looked at me and he was like, Well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, Well, I've always wanted to go to Thailand. And so Again, just sold whatever we had, the car we had left and everything that was in the car and took some backpacks to Thailand and been traveling ever since.
0: That's so cool. How old were you when this kind of all came to a head?
1: Oh, my gosh. So that was about seven seven years ago. So I'm 36. So whatever that made me then.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, late 20s. So yeah. you know, with, with you traveling to florida and kind of getting into the yachting thing intuitively i just go to you were a yachty like you were working as you said a captain uh but that would mean that you were then traveling to all these potential some of the places that you had in this travel book what travel book was it by the way
1: oh my gosh i don't know the title um like a
0: lonely planet or something like this
1: No, it wasn't a lonely planet. It was just a beautiful book of like more imagery of the places, not necessarily like this is what you're going to do when you go there, like itinerary type of book. It literally would just have these beautiful, gorgeous photos of like, you know, Thailand and Paris and Greece and it's all these beautiful places, Mexico. Um, And I've been to a lot of them now um, that are in that book, which is funny. I should pull that out, actually. It's in the storage unit here while I'm here.
0: Yeah, you should. And send me the uh, the name of it. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, I will. But with you doing the yacht thing for a minute and becoming a captain, I'm assuming that was a process in which you had to get certified unless you already had – you grew up sailing up in New Hampshire. Is that
1: – No. That yeah. No, no, no. I had nothing. I really just – felt in my heart. I'm like, I always looked at boats and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I want to live on my boat someday, which by the way, I was living on my, my own boats as well. Um, I was a on the sea for a long time. And then when I came back to land, it was very difficult for me to get adjusted. Um, that's a whole nother story, but I just always had this like dream, this inkling, this intuitive, intuitive hit that I would, live on my boat someday and be free and be a sailor. And when I moved to Florida, it didn't happen right away. Um, It took about two years. And then obviously that's a huge Mecca for the yachting industry to be Miami and Fort Lauderdale. That's like where a lot of boats are go, you know, come in and out of to go to the Bahamas and just to go on the longer trips and stuff. And so um, I would go there and I would go to the docks and I would just look at the boats. I'd be like, Oh, how can I make this happen? And then I just said, Hey, like started asking the questions. I started taking sailing classes, um, you know, just on these little, little, little boats. They're like, 12 footers, uh, which was super fun to tool around in the Bay. And, um, then I actually went to like the big boy school, which, you know, I'm a, I'm a woman captain and that's like not very much heard of, right? They're all usually male captains. It's a very male-dominated industry. Um, however, I was like, I'm going to do this thing anyway. And it's super hard to pass the tests and get certified and all that. And you need insurance, of course. And um, it, is a, it is a process. So it is you go to school for it. And um, I did it. I passed the test the first time around and boom, I started getting jobs um, as a captain.
0: How long were you in that lifestyle? Because like you said, it's brutal, I think, for males and females, but especially females, since it is such a machismo industry. Um, and you being the captain, I'm assuming, with you know deckhands who are males,
1: how mm-hmm. long did you
0: stay in that industry, and and how did you handle it? I guess is my question.
1: Yeah. So. Um you know how long was i in the boating probably 7 years total um because even when i owned my yacht repair company i still was doing some boat deliveries i wasn't actually living on the yachts i would just deliver them like some of my clients would call me and be like hey we want our yacht in key west next weekend can you bring it because not like the families don't want to tra- do the traveling they just want to get there and get on their boat you know what i mean and enjoy the where they are, they don't necessarily want to do the travel piece with it. Um, Because it can be really rough, you know, and you come up with storms and everything. And it's not enjoyable, sometimes the journey to get there. And so a lot of people, they hire captains to deliver their boats wherever they want to go. And so I guess um, I was full time on two boats at probably for about 3 years. So I would go back and forth and I would switch crews um from one to the other. And the second piece to that was how did I deal with being like the the female energy on on the boat with male deckhands and stuff like that. I think it was really cool cuz I'm a laid back person. You know, I know how to you know, um, use my influence where I'm not like bossy. And you know what I mean? So Mm. I think I'm just so laid back that everyone just accepted that and they were cool with it. And I picked really good people that jive together because that's really important being on a yacht. You know, you're picking your roommates, you're picking your partners, you're picking your like you're, you're on this boat with these people and, and you have to like each other and all get along in some way. And so I think I did a really good job just picking the good vibes, the good energy people. And, um, when it didn't work, then we knew we had to get rid of people and that's just how it worked. So, um, yeah, there was never really any issues with that.
0: That's cool. And that's interesting because it's, you're a unique story that I've come across where you were able to navigate that. And I like how you implied that you are very intuitive and, I'd like to touch upon that a little bit more as well a few other things you said. But have you always known that about yourself? Have you used your intuition throughout your whole life? Or is this something you kind of came into at some point knowing that intuition needed to become more of a part of the decision-making processes that you used
1: in your daily? Yeah, you know, I think that's an evolutionary process. So I think I've always known. um, I know when I have a gut, instinct. Uh, I don't always follow it because sometimes it's not the easiest path to follow, right? But it always ends up when you do, it's always like the rainbow bridge. And it's, it's interesting how it all works. And I think there's different levels of this. Um, right now, I'm really leaning into that more and more and more and more, especially in my businesses, the way I market, Um, like the way I do marketing, the way I choose what things to launch, the way I choose my business partners, like, you know, everything I'm leaning more into like trusting myself and that, that inner knowing that I think we all have. Um, and I think I'm doing that way more now, but I think throughout my whole life, I, that's what's gotten me here, right? Listening to my heart, like being able to sit down and really taking a moment to pause, And not filling space, being comfortable with that uncomfortableness and then having the knowing come in and then just saying, okay, I'm going to trust and have faith that this is going to work out for me because that's what I believe. I always believe everything's working in my favor and sometimes we can't see that now, but it always in the end pays off. Um, Every single time I've, I, I look back and I've followed my heart, I've followed that intuitive calling, it always works out better than I ever expected. So my belief is it's always this or something better.
0: That's really cool. Yeah, let, let's kind of clue the audience into what you do now because you're a high-performance coach, correct?
1: Yes. That's yes. your
0: full-time gig. You've Throughout the evolution of all the different businesses you built online, you kind of found yourself now here. And that's your sole
1: income? Yeah. Well, no, I have multiple businesses. So I own online e-commerce stores and then I also own a local marketing company as well. Um, and I'm a high performance coach, so I've got many things kind of going on over here.
0: What are you selling e-commerce wise?
1: So I sell hobby stuff, um, like hobby toys, electronics, things of that nature. And we're getting into a bunch of different niches, um, here upcoming. So, yeah, it's it's you, good.
0: You and your partner are in this together? Or
1: yes. You- so we started the e-commerce um, sites together. Yep. So that's our, our collective business.
0: Okay. Um, with the high-performance coaching, I mean, w- with the way you got to that sounds like through your, your history, in which I'd like to dive into now, is like you had a pretty significant accident that changed the whole trajectory of your life, which I'm assuming played a huge part in this new kind of calling can you give me in the audience a detailed and like account of how what happened and how this all occurred
1: yeah oh my gosh this is here we go so um yeah, when we were traveling in Malaysia, I think we we're about two years deep into just living nomadic. Um, we were in a new place every month, you know, Singapore, Bali, Malaysia, Thailand, everywhere all over Southeast Asia. And we really love Penang, Malaysia. That's like our jam, you can get every type of food possible there from Asia. It's like the mecca of just melting pot of everything and so we ended up there again for a second time and on my 32nd birthday i just gotten back i went to a a vipassana retreat um you know what vipassana is
0: oh i do and yes please tell us more about your experience there because i've had other guests on who talk about vipassana the silent retreat that many my guests know about but can you talk about your experience
1: Yeah, oh my gosh, it was so hard, but it was so (laughs) worth it. It was, uh, I think it was 11 days silent meditation retreat. And now I had meditated before, but never anything like that. And um, I had just I went there, I just gave up so many parts of my identity that I thought were really who I was. And then it was Just, I found this like calling to serve on a such a deeper level um, to help others. And I didn't exactly know what that really meant. And so then I came out there with like this newfound energy. I was on top of the world. I'm like, I'm going to serve. I'm going to help. I'm going to help people change their life. I don't know how, but I'm going to figure it out. And then, um, my 32nd birthday was the next day. I just came home from the the retreat and I woke up blind in the middle of the night, um, screaming. My eyes were just on fire. It was crazy. They were, I knew they were open, but it was black. Like it was completely black and I was just screaming and my partner didn't know what was going on. And it was just a crazy ride. I got rushed to the emergency room and they, This is a long story. I won't get into the details, but they had misdiagnosed what had happened to me. Um, And then basically I had to get rushed to the U S on emergency. And I was seeing the best doctors in the world at that time. And basically, they told me they've never seen this case like this before. Like we're talking the second best hospital in the world, they were flying doctors in from Europe from all over the place, I became their science experiment, because nobody could figure out what the heck happened. Um, And basically, what ended up happening was my corneas got eaten away, like half of my eye was gone. And both of my eyes, like completely gone. And they they basically told me I would never see again. And I looked at them and I was like, that's not an option. Okay, I don't care what I got to do. Like, that's just not happening. So then I went on to figure out how to heal myself.
0: Oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait to hear how you did that. But first, I mean, just out of my own curiosity, like, would they finally figure out, like, in 24 hours, half your eyeball got eaten away. Was it like a bug bit you and like a tropical fever or something like that? Do you have any
1: idea? No, they don't. They still don't know to this day. There's no. There's literally no answers. There's no closure. They don't know. They can only speculate. So it could have been like an amoeba, a bacteria, a fungus, um, you know, that just ate, ate away the cornea. But they, they don't know because what happened was when they cultured, in Malaysia didn't come through proper. And then by the time they started me on antibiotic, and then by the time I got to the US a day later, like it was too late to culture again, nothing came back because of the antibiotic. Um, So there was it was impossible for them to know what. and then they told me they couldn't help me like there was literally nothing they could do for me. They just were like, Okay, bye, like, we're just going to keep monitoring you. But there's nothing there's no surgery, there's no nothing that can change this for you like you're just blind is what they told me basically
0: (laughs) how relatable was the darkness that you experienced in vipassana i'm assuming the first four days which i always hear is that kind of really dark time to the darkness that you felt literally when you woke up blind was it similar and did you have the tools after vipassana to kind of deal with it or was it just totally different
1: if I didn't go to Vipassana I don't know what I would have done <laughs> like it gave me the tools the peace the knowingness the connection to that greater energy the divine God whatever you believe in it's this isn't a religious thing it's just an energy thing um, but it gave me the tools to to connect to that greater energy we all have within and around us to be able to lead me to my next steps, which I think intuition plays a huge role in this as well. Like the answers I was getting to lead me to the healing I needed to do like all that work. I had to get silent in order to hear those answers. And I think Vipassana helped me to, um, step away from the fear and the uncertainty of what was happening in the moment. Like my physical reality was turned upside down, right? Like my family was freaking out. Like I literally had to learn in a hot second how to live my life blind. You know, I was, I uh, like, how do you use your phone? How do you use your computer? How do you take a shower? How do you pick your outfits? Like everything, you know, changed for me in a moment's time. And I really had to, I think Vipassana helped me to step away from that fear and get silent to understand the the next steps and to give me that peace of mind like the knowingness within me was enough and just follow those nuggets of wisdom and that's exactly what I did and we can talk about exactly what you know I did to heal myself but I think that's where Vipassana came in thank God I did that because I think this journey would be way different for me if I hadn't gone there yeah
0: yeah. Wow. That's powerful. I'd like to just stay on the, the Vipassana tip for a minute because I'm just trying for myself to connect one dot, which is, I mean, for myself, I can imagine if I sat in Vipassana for the first four days, like there would probably be a mental loop of negativity that mm. would have played itself out, pointing in a direction that I obviously had to acknowledge and surrender to, mm-hmm. um, which sounds like you did. Um, however, having that whole incident happen immediately after um, did that mental loop come back into play or was it a new mental loop that you now had to use the tools from Vipassana just to identify, accept, and move forward through?
1: Yeah, I think negative loops are always there. Um, it's just how we manage them and deal with them. Um, I think the stories, they can change. You know, they could come up again, like you, things you think you dealt with before might come up and show up later on. Um it just depends on what's triggering you in in the subconscious but yeah i think i think it was a different story i think i dealt with a lot of the the old personality the old part of me that was holding myself back that negative loop i think a lot of that was released in vipassana but coming out of it i think there was it was different stories, right? Like, I had to deal with, you know, well, the doctors in the white coat told you it's not possible to heal. So therefore, that's the truth. However, I had to battle that, you know, like, I actually get to create my own truth. That's not my truth. And I had to seek out people that had healed themselves and listen to those inspiring stories, and not give my power away to accept believe and surrender to somebody else's limited view rather like step into my own view and own possibility because the possibilities in the quantum are endless right or in the world whatever you c- want to call it the possibilities are endless and so you actually get to choose those possibilities of whatever you want um and so i had to step into to what i actually wanted and focus on that versus all the uncertainty, fear, stories, mindset, negativity loops that were coming in in the moment. But I think they were different.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like what you said when you you talk about the power of hearing what somebody, as we're taught, um, like a doctor wearing a white coat, has a certain truth that many people accept as the truth, the ultimate truth, the only just we have to accept what they say because they have this crazy knowledge that we don't. But then- That's not always the case, like in yours. I mean, you essentially figured out a way to see again, which is the most Mm -hmm. remarkable part of this story. I mean, yeah, like, tell me, please. I'd like to learn more about this and and how you came to that that courageous moment where you're like, fuck that. Like, I don't believe what you're saying to me right now. You're the doctor, but I don't believe what you're saying that I'm never going to see again. I'm going to dig and find a way to see again because the few examples that I have are like, I was a skateboarder growing up. There's a guy who broke his back, told me never walk again. Now he walks and skates a little bit. I mean, he still has his hindrances, but he he basically willed himself to walk again. They're like, there's no way you're ever going to walk again. It's impossible. He's like, fuck you. I'm walking again. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: please tell us. Inspire us. (laughs) I'm excited.
1: Yeah. So and hey, listen, you know, I love doctors. I mean, there's a place and a time for all, everyone's knowledge to come in. But it's not the only knowledge, right? So I just want to say that, you know, I'm not against all, any of that. Like I they it serves a purpose in the world. And I think a very good one. Um, but just remember that no, like you you can accept, believe, and surrender to anything that you want. So it's kind of at the end of the day, what is it that you want? What is that future vision for yourself? And then you just got to figure out a way to do it because everyone has the power within to, to do whatever they want. It's just digging down deep and staying focused on what, what that vision is. And I think a lot of people have trouble with this because they don't even know what they want. Right. And so they kind of just let things on the external guide their path when it's like, okay, well, let's get clear on what it is that you want and then guide your path from there. Um, And so I think my focal point was like, fuck no. that's not an option for Tiffany. I'm literally 32 years old. Like I'm not going to live my life blind. That just seemed asinine. That seemed crazy to me. Like no freaking way is this happening. And so I was like, okay, well, if what I do want is to travel the world, I had to figure out what I wanted. Okay. That was the first step. And I knew I wanted to travel the world. I knew I wanted to build a massive online business to support me. I knew that and at this point, we didn't have anything online. We just sold our business. So we were kind of traveling, figuring it out. We had enough money to kind of travel for a little while without while we were figuring out what online business to build. Okay. So at this point, we had no online business. Okay just to preface it that. So one, I had to figure out what I wanted. So one, I wanted to heal myself, I wanted to be able to see again. And two, if it didn't happen by chance, I was still going to travel the world and do what I wanted anyway. And I was still going to build an online business because I wanted to be able to still smell the different smells like you know, when you go somewhere and it just you know, that smell like Bali just has a smell, you know, Malaysia has a smell, like I don't know how to describe it. And just I could still travel the world. I knew but blind or not, and f- still feel fulfilled. And like, I'm living the life that I want. Right. And so I wanted to heal. I wanted to travel the world and I wanted to build an online business. So those were my three main, like shining stars. Like I'm going towards this. And I figured out, like all the people who had healed themselves, you know, I started listening to their stories. I started listening to what methods, modalities of healing that they were doing. You know, I was leaning into a lot of, um, Dr. Wayne Dyer, Mastin Kipp, Tony Robbins, like, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, all of these mentors, um, And I was leaning into them and I was consuming all this content of like, okay, how do I do this? And I was also inspiring myself by listening to other people as proof that it was possible. I was listening to people who had healed themselves of like stage four cancer in their meditations like with no aid of anything external, like instantaneous healings. This happens all the time, all over the world. And I've actually experienced this at a Dr. Joe Dispenza retreat in person with my own eyes. Now, like last year, I saw it and it was just incredible and phenomenal what people were doing. And then also with the online business. So I started consuming podcasts, like I had decided, okay, e-commerce makes sense to me. Um, You know, I know a lot of people who are doing e-commerce sites and I'm just gonna consume and listen and just, you know, get distributors on board, pick a product, and I'm just gonna make the calls. I could still call people, I could still you know, do things and figure out my way of like how I could still build an online business while I was blind. And so I just had to figure it out. I just had to listen to people and the steps they took and, and start collecting all this data, and then just doing it, implementing it, and then seeing what worked for me, what didn't work for me and weeding out the things that didn't serve me and then that left room for even more opportunity for things that would. And so how I started to heal myself, that's a whole nother thing, but yeah.
0: So it sounds like you simultaneously were in the frame of mind of like, I'm going to pursue the online business and travel side of things while I'm blind and pursue the how I'm going to heal myself side of things through the various people that you just mentioned, which sounds like from, from my perspective, If I were blind, I would just go all in on fixing the blind aspect of my life (laughs) life situation. So it's even more intriguing, more inspirational that you're able to juggle both build a seven figure online business while blind and also regain your sight. Like I'm just mind blown right now. So,
1: yeah, talk me, talk me
0: through that, please. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, that's literally what happened. So 14 months later, I could see and I owned a seven figure online business. We did seven figures in sales that year. It was insane. It was crazy. Like I just when you, I just dug deep, like I just started to play around with the energy within that power within I used, uh, I'll just rattle off, you know, I use meditation, I, I went hardcore into visualization. So I spent three hours a day visualizing myself as though I could see. So I'm talking like I train my subconscious mind because you can do this with repetition. Your subconscious mind is just a record playback mechanism, right? And your reflection, your outer world is literally just everything that's going around in your subconscious all day long. 95% of your behavior is run by your subconscious mind. You don't even know it's happening, but it is. That's how we live our life. And so, you know um, that's a whole other conversation, but I trained my subconscious mind. I was like, no, and you will hear athletes. You will hear, um, any successful person will tell you like uh, big speakers that speak on stage. They'll say they visualized all of this rep repetitively over and over and over again before they were on the stage. That's how they could get up there and say the speech without fumbling or whatever, or go out on the football field and, implement the plays they needed to do effortlessly because this is what this is what it takes to get to where you want to be like you've got to program that subconscious mind and I think that was the key and I did it over and over and over again I just chose to see my future the way I wanted it every single day for hours and it was difficult because I was afraid and all the time I was sitting there my mind would tell me. But what the doctors told you, you'd never be able to see again. You know, um, what if you can't see again? What are you going to do? And what if you can't make money online? What if you can't travel the world? And all of these limiting beliefs came in. And I just had to say, do I want to accept, believe, and surrender to that crap? Or do I want to be the creator in these moments? And every time I switched my mind from what if this doesn't work to what if it does – I won a victory in that moment. And it was all those small moments, right? It wasn't like a big bam and I could see again. It was all those little moments that added up to me starting to see again. And my body started to listen to me as the sh- the captain of my own ship, okay? Like, we're gonna go back to my yachting days. I had to sit in the driver's seat and say no, like I'm in control here and I have the power to do this. And every day just do that in my meditations, visualization, and then take the actions. Because I think like our actions are based off of our thoughts, right? Because you think a thought and then you feel a certain way and then that feeling gets you to take an action. So like if you think you suck, then you're going to feel like shit and you're probably going to go Netflix and chill. But if you think you're an amazing entrepreneur and you're like, I'm unstoppable, it's going to inspire you and you're going to go then build a marketing funnel to make the money and be the amazing entrepreneur, right? Like, Absolutely. That's just how it works. And so that's the key. And plus I like became the alchemist of my body. And what I mean by that is your body, depending on what thoughts you're thinking, dump chemicals I learned a lot about the body, okay, and how the mind body connection really works together. And so if you think you suck, then you're going to get a dump of cortisol, which is the worst. And you're probably going to end up storing fat in your body. And you're probably going to feel like crap, have no energy. And then you're going to gain weight. If you think all day long that you suck, right? Like, but if you think you're amazing, then you're going to dump dopamine, which is the happy drug. And that's going to make you like, that's why people work out, they feel really good after a workout, because they're dumping dopamine in their body for after that workout. And so I learned a lot about these things, not to get too in depth on it. But I learned a lot about how like your thoughts actually affect the chemistry in your body. And You're in charge of that. Every single thought you think has a reaction, not just externally, but internally. And really starting to understand that and learn that. And just in the days where I felt dark, okay, when I wanted to cry my eyes out, okay, when I didn't think things were working, when I didn't see vision, it took me about five months to see any light whatsoever. Okay, that was the worst. Like, that was like, the craziest five months of my life, like just every day still believing I had to believe, believe, believe over and over and over again that what I was going to do was going to work. And it took a while for my 3d reality to catch up to what I was doing in inside of my mind. And it was a battle, but I won the battle because I stuck with it and I repeatedly did it over. And I repeatedly chose what I wanted over what I didn't want. And that was my focal point point. Um, and then I, on the days where I felt despair, I had to inspire myself. I couldn't live in that moment because I was like, wow, is that going to serve my family? They're already feeling like, holy crap. They already feel helpless. That wasn't going to help anybody. That wasn't going to help me. That wasn't going to help them. That wasn't going to help my reality change if I lived as a victim of my circumstances. So I had to really own being the creator and that took a lot of effort, a lot of energy, but I'm the living example and proof that you can do the miraculous (laughs) and also build a seven figure business while doing all of that. Like,
0: yes, you are. Yes, you are. And I love you for it. I mean, this is so cool for me and the audience. Just, if you wouldn't mind just getting real granular, if you wouldn't mind on that, like three hour visualization session, Uh, As the watchdog of our minds, we are responsible for, as you noted, the the negativity that comes up, the positivity that comes up. And under your circumstances, sitting silently for three hours, visualizing yourself as a seer, and then having that contradicting thought come in. What do you do in that moment, and how many moments in that three-hour period are you battling that thought? Because just in the simple walking meditation that I do – it's like fractions of seconds that I'm sitting there having to be the watchdog of my mind. And I have to do it thousands and thousands of times a day. So I can imagine that three-hour period. Can you give us some perspective on what that was like?
1: Yeah. I mean, oh, some days were easier than others. But yeah, I mean, it's all the time. But it's learning how to detach and become the observer. like Because what you resist persists. So like in the moment, if your mind tells you some crazy thing you don't want – Then if you're like, oh, why am I thinking that? Like, And you make yourself wrong or mad or angry or you allow the emotion of that thought to actually live in your body, then the thought just took over, right? And what you resist persists. So I think in the moment it's like, well, if you hear your crazy thought, you just become the observer and you observe it neutrally. Like you don't give it any energy, you don't give it any power, you just have to know you aren't your thoughts, right? Like your thought isn't real it's literally just like a playback mechanism. Like you train your brain that way and you can train it a different way. And so when you know that and you become objective, you're not attached to the thought. It's when we're attached to the thought that it becomes difficult to change the thought. So by me just becoming the observer and going, oh, okay, and letting the thought come in and letting it go right back out without an emotional charge, without any without really allowing it to to take a hold. I think that's the name of the game, but it it was every it was every second it felt like, you know, the crazy thought. And you know, some days will be better than others. Um but yeah, I hope that answers your question.
0: No, it does. It's helpful. And I just think for those out there who are just hearing this for the first time, it doesn't make sense. It takes a lot of practice. Um, for me, for example, when I, I started understanding, I was reading Eckhart Toll's Power of Now, and I kind of started mm. becoming more familiar with what you were just describing. I I would go days and not realize that I wasn't the master of the ship, you know, mm-hmm. and it would take, you know, maybe I'd get lucky and I'd catch myself two to three times in a day when just this like crazy, like mental movie is just going on at all times And then with time and practice, like I said, I I worked up to like being able to catch it like maybe 500 times a day at my Mm -hmm. best. I could catch it like a thousand times a day. And then I've totally regressed and I'm not that good at it anymore. And I think I'm trying to help people understand like how difficult it is for some people like myself who are completely addicted to thought. Um, It is to really become that disciplined to take three hours and be the observer and then incorporate it into your daily that you can make the kind of significant change that you made.
1: Yeah. And I think there's a great book to help people if they're new to this work of like breaking the habit of being you by Dr. Joe Dispenza is a game changer. It tells you step, literally step by step um, how to break the habit of being you. Like if you don't like your reality, you have to be a different, you have to become a different person in order to have a different reality. It starts with you. It starts with your internal world. Right. And so, um, I think that book is a great, a great book to take you through and simplify the process of that. And now you don't have to visualize for three hours a day like I did, you know, um, I was going through a really obviously extreme time. I think if you if you grab onto some opportunity, but you got to do it daily, right? Your subconscious needs repetition, and it's super hard to to break those old cycles. But I think it, one, it takes repetition, and two, you actually have to start to reprogram your mind with what you do want, and then that way that those programs become automatic. Like think of your mind as like you have neural pathways in your mind, these neurological centers in your mind that have actually been created and built. And you can rebuild them. You can prune away old connectors, okay? And then you can reconnect new connectors of what you want. And like your mind will track down those paths. It's like going into the forest and you know the well-worn path because it's been walked so many times. Like that's your mind right now. And the new path that you want to build, the new life, the new reality, the new thoughts that you want to program, it's a new path. Now you have to lead and take the machete and cut down and hack down all of the stuff in your way. And then make that new path and learn how to tread that new path until it's the well-worn path. And then the old path will go away. You won't go down that path anymore. Does that make sense? Like, I hope that helps.
0: No, it does. It does. I think any visual metaphors really help people kind of conceptualize this very abstract concept of how you do it.
1: And like 95% of our thoughts, right, are unconscious programs. They're just unconscious. That's how you get to work, right? You drive to work every day the same way. And then you don't have to think about it anymore. You probably get in the shower and you wash your body the same exact way every single day. That's an unconscious program. Your body now has been trained and learned how to... How to do that program so good, you don't have to think about it anymore. You're thinking about your day while you're washing your body the same way, right? Like it frees up your mind to be able to make different choices. So the unconscious mind is really good if you start to learn how to do use it in your favor, like in my situation. and this is exactly what I do with my clients, right? We have to break old patterns, old paradigms, old stories that don't make sense, that don't serve them, that aren't even theirs. Because actually, you know, a lot of your programs come from age one to seven, like your subconscious mind was being programmed then. And a lot of these patterns and thoughts are actually just unconscious programs passed down from your parents and your environment and your family. And so we don't even realize that until later on in life. But you do have a choice. And then you know, there are ways and hacks and and things that you know go I can go really deep with it um, on how what the best times to reprogram your mind are, you know, certain windows of opportunity. Um, but I think it's just making that conscious choice. And, and if you don't know your thoughts, you know, like you said, hey, I'm catching my thoughts like 500 times a day now, whereas before I was only doing five. Well, take a thought tracker. You know, I had to do this. Every 10 minutes I put a timer on my phone and I have a journal and I'll write out exactly what I was thinking in that moment. Like you have to take inventory of what those programs are in order to change them. It's just like anything else. You can't change something you don't know. And so you're probably thinking a lot of unconscious thoughts that are operating your actions You know, and you can't figure out why you're unmotivated or why you're choosing this thing that over and over again that might not serve you, you know, the burger or over the salad. I don't know what your goals are, but there's reasons why you're choosing what you're choosing and it has to do with your thoughts. So if you want to get to know yourself really good. You just sit in meditation for 30 minutes and you observe those thoughts and you write them down. And then you ask yourself what you want to believe, whose stories are those anyway? Are those your stories? Are those your thoughts? Where did those come from? And then you have to call BS on them and say, okay, if it's telling you that you will never be able to have a seven figure business or you'll never be able to travel the world or you'll never find the love of your life, whatever the story is, you have to say, well, do I want to accept, believe and surrender to that? No, and then choose a different thought. And then you have to start actually programming those thoughts. Otherwise, your mind is going to just keep going to that old, well-worn path if you're not building the new path. And so I think it's the combination of two that those two things that actually will help you change your world and your reality to get what you want. Um, So that's a really great practice to do if you don't know, because you've got to know, right? Mm
0: -hmm. Do you mind sharing just a few optimal times to do that practice? Uh, You alluded to maybe there being a better time than others?
1: Yeah, so the subconscious mind has a window. When you first get up in the morning, don't check your Facebooks, your emails, your notifications. Spend time then visualizing because your your brain waves are in theta brain waves. You're just coming out of delta, and theta is where you can program your subconscious mind. Delta is when you're sleeping. Alpha is like the state when you're like, okay, I gotta do shit. I gotta figure it out. I gotta take the actions. What do I do? Like that's your functioning like brainwave state. And then um, you know, theta is when you program. And so that. Opportunity happens first thing in the morning when you're coming out of Delta out of sleep, and so I watch my mind movie. I create a mind movie, um, and it's just a movie of my vision of my life. And you can do that on MyMovie.com. You can do that using just you know whatever video app on your computer, and put some great music behind it. Put some affirmations on it, and I watch the life that is mine already and I'm just waiting for my reality to catch up to that I watch that every single day when I get up and then also you are in theta brainwaves naturally as you're drifting off to sleep so you're going to come down from alpha to theta to delta again and so you want to catch yourself like right before you fall asleep you want to either look at your vision board spend some time sitting in silence visualizing your future as though it's already a done deal like you've got to be in the vision so much so where if your vision Let's say is to be on stage your back better be sweating because you feel the heat of the lights on you right like you have to be in it like so much so that you're training your brain and body literally to that that is yours already because your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between your imagination and something that really happened. And so this is how fighters like MMA fighters will sit there and visualize. If you talk to any successful MMA fighter, they will tell you like they visualize. And then when they go into the ring, they've trained their body, their body just automatically now does the the fight the way that they saw it going. And they win because, and the person who visualizes more is the person who always wins the NFL team who sits there and rehearses the plays in and off the field, the most ends up winning. So That's just how it works. Um, You can also get yourself into theta brainwaves intentionally by watching seven minutes of a kaleidoscope video where you can just go on YouTube, type in kaleidoscope, watch any kaleidoscope for seven minutes and you'll get yourself in theta brainwaves. Also meditation, um, when you're in meditation, that's why it's so powerful because you are getting yourself in those theta brainwaves when you are observing your thoughts, not attached to the thought.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. With the the mental movie app that you mentioned, are you literally waking up in theta and then clicking the app button, watching it visually? Or are you more visualizing? I was confused about that.
1: Oh yeah, no. The Mind Movie app, you create a movie and then you watch the movie. So okay. you can do you can do. um I watch my movie and I visualize.
0: Okay, at the same so time, I do, or one I after I do both.
1: Well, when you're watching the movie, you are basically living in the future of the movie, right? Like you're feeling the feels of like, whatever you put in the movie, whether it's traveling to Thailand, and like you have these beautiful pictures of Thailand, and you have the affirmation, I can travel, I'm traveling the world freely or whatever. And you're you're just marveling over this this imagery, and you're embossing those circuits into your brain, into your subconscious that it's going to happen. And it has to come to you like it just does. I have to make a new mind movie like so fast sometimes because it just becomes real. Whatever I put in there by magic, like, but it's not magic. You're just hacking your brain and body, right? Like this is all like neuroscience hacking, really.
0: So you're saying you'll make a a mind movie on this app and it happens, comes to becomes reality so quickly, like in the, that 24-hour period or 48-hour, they have to make another one?
1: Okay, so yes. Let me tell you, this just manifestation, right? And you call it manifestation, you call it whatever you want. You call it energy, if you don't like that word. Um, I put in there that I wanted to be in Lewis Howe's Mastermind, The Greatness Mastermind. I literally watched my mind movie for three days, and he DM'd me personally in my dms and asked me to be in his mastermind and i never thought in my life i've never talked to lewis howe like really like i never thought that would even be possible like he would just reach out to me and ask me like normally people apply to be in his mastermind no that was like landed in my lap because of some other synchronicity that i was in another one of his smaller programs and they just happened to call me on and coach me personally and they were like wow you'd be a massive great fit you have great energy and it It just came to me in three days like you can have things happen to you so quickly if you start to believe it's possible for you it's all what you believe
0: I love it and totally agree however just so the audience understands you were participating in something that Lewis Howes was hosting and then through serendipitous things like he recognized that you'd be a good fit for his bigger mastermind is that what I understand
1: yeah exactly
0: okay So cool. So sorry. Yeah, we went off on a huge, great tangent, which I loved. Can we just jump back into after five months and seeing that first glimmer of light come through? What was that feeling like?
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was just like, this is working. (laughs) Finally, this is working. Uh, But I was seeing like white clouds because everything was growing back with a scar over it. So then I had a phase of like having to heal the scars. Um, cause they grew back white. So although I could see light, it wasn't black anymore. I saw only white for, for a long time for like another, I don't know, I would say six months, seven months. And I'm, I, I've healed now, but it took about mm, two, I would say two, two years really to get full sight back.
0: Wow. So yeah, you, you walk around and see 2020 vision or like, what's the percentage?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, I have four sets of contacts in my eye because I'm still like working on the finishing pieces of fully healing. What happened was when the corneas grew back, um, they got dips in them. And so I need like a hard lens to correct the dips So the light fracks come in and go out properly. Um, otherwise, like, things are bl- just blurry. It's kind of like if you wear normal contacts or glasses and you're far sighted or nearsighted, you're blurry without them. Um, that's how I am, but I can with the contacts see now 2020. Yes.
0: That's so rad.
1: It's miraculous. <laughs> I went last time and they still call every time I go to the doctors, I'm there for like, I go once a year just cause they want to just follow up with me. And anyway, they just seriously, they bring in everybody in the office. They're like, look at her charts. Like, this is incredible. Like, and I tell them what I did. Like I visualized, I meditated. I was the alchemist of my body and they literally laugh at me. They're like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like they still just don't even understand it.
0: (laughs) That's rad. You know, a lot of what you said, right. I follow a little bit of Joe Dispenza. Um, so I could hear a lot of what you're saying relative to the things that he says. And it sounds like he was a big influence within your path because like even the three hours of visualization, like I watched a documentary on him, how he healed his, what was he? Um, he broke his back or something like that.
1: Yeah. He broke his back and he healed each vertebrae one at a time when they told him he would never walk again. Crazy. Right.
0: Yeah. And he was doing the three hours of visualization. I remember that stuck out for me. One thing that I'm curious about, and I'm not trying to knock him cause I, I like what he does, but it's like, there's no, information about him out there that he hasn't necessarily curated like there's no wikipedia page do you know why that is
1: i think um i'm not really sure how their organization works um i am part of their i am an advanced student of his so i am really involved in the community um i feel like i feel like you mean my curate you mean like what give me I just more mean
0: there. like there's, there's there's no like objective sort of other like third parties aside from like if you go on reddit like talking about his life and and how he came to be it's like the first google you have is all joe dispenses like uh websites and information that his team or he has like like you can't there's nothing on wikipedia about him like and i don't know why that is
1: Oh, yeah, I'm not sure about that. But I know there's tons of like Facebook groups that follow his work and everything like that. Um, I don't know why they don't have any of that. But I mean, you know, he does. And, and for a while there as well, he was didn't really care about social media. He was doing more of like, podcast interviewing to get his message out there it was just he didn't really care about that and then his team over the last about two years have really started to share things on social media I think he was trying to prove his model of how to heal yourself and now he has so much scientific data behind what he's doing he didn't just want to come out straight out of the gate and like because people need science, is like the language that unifies everybody. Like, when you can give somebody science behind something, then it takes the woo woo, like the, like the, um, spiritual bias that some people might have. He wanted to lay all that down and he really wanted to do the work and the measurements to get scientific proof that what his process was worked mm-hmm. so that pe- more people could believe and more people could get on board with his message. And I don't think he was worried about building his brand. I think he was more focused on building the model and proving the model. And so now you can't argue with his model, right? Like even scientists like um, and doctors from all over are, are coming on board with his mission and message because now it's like, you can't fake science, you can't fake the brain scans, you can't fake the data, you can't fake the miraculous healings that happen in these retreats. Like, people following his work, I'm so into all of it because I see the proof every single day in my face. Mm -hmm. And that's what he wanted. Right. And so now he's, now he has the proof. Now they're up leveling, like getting his message out there in a way bigger way, because he feels like now people are going to buy into it because he has the process for it.
0: Right. Yeah. Similar to like Wim Hof and his breathing techniques where he was doing his crazy stuff, you know, in the Polish winters. And then he got science behind it and has proven through, you know, the science that yeah this actually does change the body's chemistry and you can do miraculous things
1: yeah exactly it's the same thing like Wim Hof for sure and I love him too his breathing really helped me as well during the time of healing
0: what how do you think it helped you just out of curiosity
1: um just get deliver more energy to the brain okay. just to to feel more into my body how powerful it is because the breath is literally what gives you life And it just building a better relationship, I think, and mindset, we forget, like, that is our life is our breath. And I use it every single day. Um, I do breath scaling. I do all sorts of, uh, breath work, you know, Kundalini breath work to really start to move that energy internally and to have a clearer, sharper mind and more focus. I mean, Hey, I'm a high performance coach, right? We do all these hacks to get ourselves going. Um, so yeah, I think breath is so important.
0: What kind of, um, different, uh, I'm sorry, I not my train of thought, just the word isn't coming to me. What kind of, do you have courses like your high performance coaching
1: includes what? So, uh, the session outline. so I got certified through Brendan Burchard. So I'm one of his coaches. Um, so there's science behind the process that we use as well. So it's a 12 session, um, process that we go through to help you get more clarity, energy, courage, um, influence And we go deep in a a lot of areas of your life, it's more of like holistic approach to success, because a lot of people have beliefs, like they have to ruin their relationships, or they have to, you know, they can't be healthy and be a seven figure entrepreneur, or they have to work 17 hours a day to get to where they want to go. Like there's so many beliefs around that. And so high performance is really about learning to balance all buckets of life so that you can strive and be successful in all areas. And so basically, it takes like those five pillars I just mentioned of high performance areas, to get to that point where you know you're not giving up anything you can truly have it all and so it's 12 sessions uh, my most popular package is six months we do bi-weekly calls my clients get uh, voxer access to me which is voice coach uh, voice coaching in between sessions so there's no time like they don't have access to me Um, And I think it's powerful because it's like a coach in your pocket, you know, when your mind tells you crazy things, they can lean into me, Um, we're up leveling them every single day. And I think that's so powerful, you know, to just have that support system. Um, And I see them rising and they're just they're exponentially exponentially change their life. It doesn't look the same after working with me for a very short period of time. And we do a lot of this work that we talked about on the call, um, one on one personally, because it takes a lot of effort on your own. And I wish I had a coach during the time that I was doing it, I probably would have healed a lot faster, to be honest. But I mean, it's not impossible on your own. It just feels so much better with somebody by your side.
0: Sounds Yeah, like, but it sounds like a lot of work for you as well. Like you're really committing yourself to these people and and their progress. Do you have other aspects of what you do that are more kind of automated systems like recorded videos and stuff like that?
1: Yeah. So I have a, um, a smaller program. It's just high performance morning mastery, really teaching you like how to set every day up for success. Um, that's just kind of an automated program right now. We're putting together, uh, a, a high performance program where people can go through on their own. But to be honest, I love coaching. It's, it's my purpose. It's my passion. Like I said, when I came out of and I really wanted to be hands-on and help people to change their life. And so, um, it's just my thing. I just love to get on the calls. I love to support my clients in that way. I feel like it's such great energy. It uh, also motivates and moves me. and it's just what I meant what I meant to do in the world. I fa- I fa- have found my purpose. like this is my thing. and so um, but we are building more of a, a automated somewhat automated program. You still get slight access to me via Facebook group, but we're in the process of doing that because I just have so many inquiries. I can't get to everyone in that way. So yeah
0: kind of goals have you set for yourself say like near term like next year to 5 years
1: Oh my god Just like general
0: like just any kind of cool goals you wouldn't mind sharing with us
1: well, yeah, looking at the amazing souls on your podcast, I'm like, I got to go make a new mind movie. Um, I just saw some, an inspirational story of a girl who took a camel across Africa. You know, I, I need a, I want to go like that. Um, that was super inspiring, but yeah, of course I've got all the money goals, you know, for each business and, um, I just want to live free. I think I think that is my ultimate goal is to be more free and and what I mean by that is have more time away from the businesses. So I'm really in a phase right now where I'm building more team, I'm building more automated processes so I can step away and be the captain of my more the captain of my businesses so they can run without me. That's my ultimate goal over the next year is to have all my businesses run without me. Um, Of course, the coaching, uh, obviously, there's still a level in in there that I'm going to be involved. But like you said, like building kind of more courses and automated things people can consume to help them transform. Um, But my other businesses as well, just the marketing team you know i we hired three people last month the e-commerce stores you know i hired two people last month so i'm really in that phase of um growing and really being able to step out so i can do be offline and and go away and go travel somewhere without um having to come back to the the laptop
0: where do you find yourself wanting to go travel wise next i know playa del carmen is a place that you frequent Where are you thinking, like, big trip-wise, you want to go next when you can?
1: Oh, my gosh. Bali's calling my name to go back there, to be honest. Um, It's whispering in my ear. Uh, But right now, with the corona, I just feel like it's a little bit more difficult. Um, When I go back to Mexico, I'll probably just stay put and just travel around there. Like Tulum is beautiful. It's 45 minutes from my house and just do kind of smaller trips. Aqua Mall is right there. Um, but my cousin actually, she just went to Morocco and that looked fun. So I think maybe that, that feels really good.
0: I would love to just go eat tagine and like eat all their pastries and bake bread. And Oh, it sounds so good.
1: Oh my gosh. Doesn't it?
0: Um, what other hobbies do you have aside from traveling?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, I'm super into meditation, obviously. Um, I do all sorts of stuff with that. Um, you know, I just take really great care of my body. I'm on a kick right now of health. I want to get in the best health of my life. And so I hired all these doctors, a nutritionist, a naturopath. I'm going to get a brain scan um, to just see how I can take my brain to another optimal level. So I'm really super into my health right now, meditation just personal development, man. I mean, I'm like a junkie for it. I just, I love all those things. I do adult color coloring books. That's another passion of mine.
0: Do you still visualize three hours a day?
1: No, but I do spend, I do meditate at least two hours a day, if not sometimes four hours a day.
0: And when you meditate, can you describe like how you do it? Are you sitting, are you sitting in bed? Like, how do you, how do you do your process?
1: Yeah. So, um, meditation, I use mostly Dr. Joe Dispenza's meditations, um, to be honest. So a lot of his advancing meditations, um, are two hours in length. So, but you can't get access to those unless you're an advanced student. However, yes. So some of them are sitting, some of them are lying down, some of them are walking. So every single day I do a walking meditation. That's about 45 minutes to an hour. So I'm walking as my future self and that has visualization in it. So, um, we're, I'm getting myself, my body practicing walking as though this future is already mine. And then I sit as it. So, you know, I'll sit, um, and a lot of the meditations do have some visualization portions in, in them. Um, and then laying down as well. So we do a lot of breath work within the meditations too. So we are, sometimes people fall off into Delta, like fall asleep when they're meditating. And so I know when I'm in like that place, and then we'll do breath work to re-energize the brain to keep you kind of hanging around in theta. And, um, I have some massive supernatural, uh, experiences when I'm in that place. And so it's really cool.
0: It is really cool. And this has been such a wonderful, enlightening conversation. Thank you so much for your time. Before I let you go, would you mind just speaking to one audience member out there who is considering maybe going on their first trip? Maybe they have a little apprehension or fear. Maybe you're going to start their first online venture and have a little apprehension and fear. Can you tell them something to maybe inspire them and take that first step?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just fucking do it. <laughs> like, you are going to look back and go, why the hell did I even worry about that? Like when I first left, I bought all the things in the travel blogs they told you you would need, and I didn't need any of it. Literally. Just what do you want to believe? And focus on that and go find yourself some proof of somebody who's already doing that. Because if they can do it, there's no reason why you can't either. So just do you want to believe in the fear or do you want to believe in the life you want? And just 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 go for it, and you totally got this.
0: Tiffany, thank you so much for your time. Folks, check her out, tiffanyjulie.com. Reach out to her. I know she'd be happy to hear from you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Tiffany, for your time. It was such a pleasure to hear your story. Like I said, I've already listened to your story three times and can't get enough of it. You know, I just listen to it every time I get down. If I'm lost within my own entrepreneurial adventures, within my own life, it's just hearing what you've accomplished, the way you did it. You were so articulate in the way you told your story and the steps you took to accomplish what you've already accomplished and the way that you continue to use those techniques to accomplish your future goals and aspirations. Thank you again so much for joining me. I appreciate you. Again, folks, do me a solid, do Tiffany a solid, share this episode with somebody, write a comment, give us a five-star rating. It means the world to me, and it really helps my podcast get found by the world. I know some of you are listening on various podcast players. It's very difficult to obviously do it on Spotify, which doesn't really allow you to leave a review. But if you're listening to on Apple Podcasts, you can just scroll down to the bottom of Misfits and Rejects, leave a five-star review, leave a comment. That's huge. And other podcasts as well give you that opportunity. So thank you again for joining us. I think you all are so very beautiful. Stay tuned for next week's episode, Monday morning, 9 a.m. as usual, and I'll see you then. Take care. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Misfits and Rejects. I hope this inspired you to think about your life situation, where you're at, and possibly make a big decision to choose something different for yourself if you're unhappy with where you're at in life. I hope these people that I interview inspire you to go out, spread your wings, and try something new to live a different lifestyle that maybe your whole life people were telling you was the wrong one but when in fact it is the perfect one for you and i'll see you next time